0: Thank you very much. Um, it's really, really great to be here, and um, and I've uh, pressed the wrong button on my phone and lost my entire notes. Oh no, they're here. That's fine. Um, it's really great to be. You know, it's really great just to kind of get to know Andy over the last three years. I can't believe it's been three years. It's it's crazy how time's flown, and um, you guys have got a brilliant pastor, and uh, I just love his heart for the lost. I love his heart to to raise up a church, to raise up a group of people that are just desperate to see their town transformed for the glory of God. That's what it's all about, right? We're not here just to have a great time. Great times are fab. um, But actually, we're here to be used by God to do something amazing. Uh, You are born here right now at this time um, in order to do something incredible in your life. God has a plan and a purpose for you. He knows you. And, um, and, and I think it's fantastic that, that you guys are here. I think God's got some great things for you as a church. Love all the online stuff. Isn't it amazing what the enemy means for harm, God turns around for good? We just see that time and time again, don't we? Every single time the enemy's there going, right, I'm going to stick this COVID on the church. So I'm going to shut them down. And suddenly the prophecy that we've all been hearing about how walls are going to be knocked down to church and church is going to be accessible for all instantly takes place tune in and um, as people get to know um, us from their online presence as well and uh, I don't know about you but we've been very much like that as well we've had people that have never vowed never to be on Facebook certainly coming on Facebook and learning how to do things and and all that sort of stuff but you know what I've just been amazed to see God move in these times and I'm sure your online stuff is just gonna um, just be more and more of a, a place where people get to see God and get to know God today. So just to say hi, we're from, I'm from uh, Gateway uh, and the Waterside, which is kind of in the New Forest. We used to be called New Forest Community Church, but we weren't actually in New Forest. Um, so we kind of had to think to ourselves, well, the name didn't quite accurately describe who we are. Um, we're actually on the Waterside of Southampton, which is right next to the New Forest. Um, and so we're now Gateway Waterside. We're in the process of Fairham Community Church. is becoming another Gateway site as well. So Myself and my wife have the honour of serving those two sites, or will do certainly from January. Um, so really, really busy sort of seeing God do different things in in two different areas. So uh, exciting times for us. Um, as I was kind of thinking and praying about what to share, I was really um, reminded of an incredible situation that is recorded in Acts 3. And in Acts, you've got this incredible situation where church is just exploding. Um, m- amazing things are just taking place. Harsh things, as, as, as Andy was sharing before, about how disciples were getting arrested and, and all that kind of stuff. But actually, incredible things were taking place too. Why? Because actually, it's when the enemy feels like he's got you, that's when the miracles start to take place. I was talking and, and um, This morning at my church, um, I was preaching on on a few different things, and I just felt in the Holy Spirit to say this. If you're going through a storm, and I feel it now as I'm speaking to you, if you're going through the storm, if you're in that place where you need a miracle, then I want you to know you are in a very fruitful place right now. Maybe there's some people here that need to hear this, because it's in that place where you need a miracle is the place where the miracles happen. If you don't need a miracle, you're never going to see one take place. Testimonies always start with the word test, right? If you you write the word testimony, you have to start with the word test. Otherwise, all you've got is (laughs) Imoni. It's true. You've got to write the word test. You may be going for a test at the moment, but let me tell you something. At the end of it, you're not going to be an Imoni. You're going to have a testimony. A testimony of what God's going to do. A testimony of how God's moving in your life. And your storm is going to be your testimony that's going to see people's lives turned around, and and it's going to give you an an, an opportunity to speak into other people's lives around you. So if you've got your Bibles turned to Acts 3, I want to talk about a guy who's definitely going through a storm in his life. Um, He was a beggar, he was disabled, everything was going against him, and then one day he meets Peter and John. And his life gets transformed. And I want to start right, the verse, right at the start of that chapter, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at a time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg. And those going into the temple, from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John, About to enter, he asked them for money, and Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they they recognized him as the one who had been used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I don't know about you, but I'd love to see this happen. I, I love reading it in Acts, but wouldn't it be great if we were reading it in the local newspaper? I mean, could you imagine the transformation that kind of can take place if if we got into that place? But yet when I look at what Peter and John had, they had no more actually than what we've got. They had the Holy Spirit and it was a Holy Spirit that was working. It was a gift of miracles that was taking place in that scenario. But when I look at my life and look at our lives, well, we have that in us too. Paul in Romans 8 says this, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Jesus said this when the disciples are there going, Wow, you're just doing amazing things, Jesus. And Jesus says this, Hey, you're going to do even better things than I'm doing. You're going to see even bigger things take place than what I'm seeing because of the Holy Spirit in us. But there's a few attitudes I think that, that Peter and John had that was a real challenge to me as I read this and began to look at how God can use us to touch people's lives. Because as I said right at the start, you are here for a purpose. And that purpose is to show Jesus to people in your world. You're in a unique position. No one else is where you are right now. No one else speaks to the people that you speak to right now. Whether it be your workplace, whether it be your family, whether it be your friends. You are t- in a totally and utterly unique position. And God wants to use you to do something great, I'd, I'd think, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but it's one of the things I always say whenever I go to a church to preach and is, is I remind people of this survey that was done a number of years ago by Tearfund. Did I, have, did I talk about that last time I came? It said 47% of people pray. Most common prayer, God help me. I kind of looked at that and I translated it and said, well, 50% of everybody that I see prays. They don't admit it. Very few of them will ever admit it. Or Even now, people are saying thoughts and prayers are with you, don't they? It's sort of becoming more of a theme. But the reality is that half the people I see in my office, half the people that I meet on my, in the streets, I'm not talking about my church office, hopefully 100% of them pray. But uh, I also have a secular job, which I'm kind of talking about at that stage. But you're in that place where you're like, man, half the people I see pray and the prayer is help me. I believe God's calling us to be the people that we need to be to show them Jesus, who is the answer to their prayers. I really do. And here is a, a guy who I guess would have been praying, would have been crying out. He's crying out for resources, he's crying out for funds. He's been in this place since birth. Everything was going wrong for him. Everything was, was difficult for him. And he sat outside the gate called beautiful. I love this. Whenever you see names written in the Bible, there's a reason why they're there. God is in the detail. The devil's not in the detail. God's in the detail when it comes to the Bible. he says this, he was sat outside the gate called beautiful. Why? Because God often comes in the places that aren't beautiful. He often comes in the places that are rough, that are hard, that are struggling. I remember when I was with the police, and as Andy said, I was a police officer for, for nine years, and part of my role was, was as a PP officer, and, um, and I was, in, I was um, with, the, with CID for a while, and um, I was sat in the office, the CID office, and, um, and I'd been sat in that, in that same office, in that same chair, for about three years I was with them for. And uh, one of our sergeants, who was a really great guy, had passed away with cancer, and you know, the whole office was devastated. We went over to to his funeral and um and we came back from his funeral all sat there kind of feeling down and 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 one of the guys one of the the police officers uh, one of the the ladies in the office said you know what Tim she said I just you know we can't work like this it's a nightmare but we've seen that you're a positive guy so what would be great and I I don't know whether this works or what but you know I'm kind of believing this positive energy stuff so what we'll do is we'll get in a circle and you come and you touch us with your positivity. I'm like, what is this weird new agey stuff they're talking about? And I'm like, what? And then the Holy Spirit said, Lockwood, think about what's happening here. What I'm doing is I'm, they're asking you to pray for them. I'm like, oh, I get it. Unbelievably, in the middle of a CID office, at their request, craziness, they lined up. And I put my hand on them, each of them, and I prayed for them at their request. To be honest, if it was down to me, I wasn't really that interested. (laughs) Despite the fact I'd been praying for them for years, I didn't even see the opportunity. They had to beg it out of me. But it was in that place where it wasn't nice. It was in that place of grief. It was in that place of desperation. That suddenly they'd seen something in me that, that perhaps I'd been showing or i'd like to think i've been showing for the three years i'd sat there even though i didn't realize they'd even seen anything in me but somehow they saw the holy spirit somehow at that time where where things weren't beautiful at that time where things were hard and desperate was the very moment they reached out and said tim we don't understand how to say this but would you give us some of your positivity in other words, we want Jesus. We want the Holy Spirit that's in you because we see something that we need. I love that. When you look at, at um, again, it's the details of these stories that stand out to me. That It says this, the first thing Peter said to, to the guy who he was going to pray for was, look at me. I love that, look at me. I don't know whether I think about saying, look at me. I think I'll probably just say, right, well, we're just going to go for it. In fact to be honest I I'd, I'd rather have a praise and worship team on the side of me kind of gearing it up I'd rather have some sort of choir kind of in the background kind of getting us getting ourselves into a spiritual moment before I had the courage to say be healed in Jesus name but instead Peter just said look at me there's a whole load of people that are looking at you Paul said this didn't he run the race with endurance because you're surrounded by a whole host of witnesses that are watching you run. Peter said, Look at me. Would you look at me? I love what that says, because for the guy he would when he begged his eyes would be down because all he would see is 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 how horrible the situation is and he would take that horrible situation and he would place it on himself because often in biblical times if you were going through something like that it was often seen that it was your fault bizarrely and he would go there and he'd be look please give me money his face would be down because of shame his face would be down because he didn't see the value in himself but I love this Peter comes and says will you look at me because I want to look at you Because I don't see you as a beggar. I don't see you as someone who is in that state. I see you as a child of God. I see you as someone of value. I see you as someone that God's going to come and do something incredible with this day that is going to transform an entire neighbourhood because of the power of God in this moment. Would you look at me? We need to see people the way God sees them. Not in their circumstances. Not because of their history. But see them and love them the way God sees them and loves them, even in the unbeautiful places that you meet people. Because that's how God sees us, right? I thank God he didn't wait for me to be perfect when he called my name, because he'd still be waiting. I thank God that he didn't think, well, Tim needs to have met these sort of standards before I, can, uh, before I can introduce myself to him, because he'd still be disappointed. He saw me in my brokenness. Didn't he see you in your brokenness? I mean, maybe not. Maybe some of you are like superb, and I would wish you would pray for me afterwards. <laughs> Perhaps you are the holy ones here. But anything like me, he saw me in my brokenness, and he met me at my place of brokenness. And transformed my world. And he wants to meet those around you in their places of brokenness. But so often it happens in the places where he puts us rather than in the church. That's the other thing I want to mention as well. It says this, that he was outside of the temple, not inside of the temple. I think as long as we can get people into church, and church I mean Sunday mornings, because actually I think God's really challenging our perception of church that it's not just Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons in many, many blessed places, (laughs) online in many blessed places, during midweek groups and all the other stuff that, that takes place. That's church. But so often our mindset can be if only we can bring them into church. But actually God's taking you out of church. He's not bringing people in, he's bringing you and taking you out into places. And look at the scenario that happened here, it's when they went out, they saw the Holy Spirit move, it was at that place the guy receives healing, gets touched by God, and then he comes into church. I think that's the scenario that God's wanting to build in our society. We go out of church. We get used by God to see people's lives totally transformed. We begin to speak life into people. We begin to see the miracles work. We operate and act in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he's blessed us with in in an incredibly powerful way. And then we see people coming into church, whatever that looks like, whether that be midweek groups or morning or afternoon or, or online or whatever it is. But coming into church... Leaping and jumping and dancing because they'd met with God outside of church. That's what I want. When I look at Gateway, whether it be Waterside or Fairham, I want—I want, I want to—I st- want to see people leaping into church. And I'm like, whoa, what's this guy about? What's God done this week in that person's life? I tell you, they will act. They will, you will have the most exciting Sunday mornings when that takes place, won't we? It'll be like amazing. Everybody would just be leaping and dancing and jumping. There'd be people coming up going, wow, what's happened to you today? Wow, I just, <laughs> in the middle of depression, God just came and just healed my mind. When I, when I didn't have any hope, suddenly someone from church just spoke into my life. And, and it was like God was speaking directly to me. And I realized I was loved by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. I find those are the people that often dance in church, right? Some of us, I don't know about you, I've been a Christian all my life, and sometimes it's like, yeah, I know. I've heard that a few. Most of my life, has been like, yeah, I know, I'm loved by the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, I'm going to heaven, not hell, I get it. i tell you what, when somebody realizes that for the first time, it suddenly excites you again as to actually what it means, that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of heaven and earth, even bothers to know your name. You know what? I kind of even now I want to jump and jump, jump and shout. What an incredible scenario! And when we see that take place within people coming in, as people get to know that God loves them, that God knows their name, that God has a plan and a purpose for their lives, watch how we all get transformed by that joy. I love this, they used what God gave them, that's the other thing. Silver and gold, I don't have. But what I've got, I'll give you. I don't know about you guys, but I often have that excuse sometimes in life. It's like, God, I'll do it once, I, I, I'm this. Once I've got this revelation, once I'm a bit more like Andy, then I'll be great, then I can do these things. So often we can excuse our, our lack of action because we haven't got certain things. I love this. Peter's attitude was, well, I don't have what you're asking for. But what I have got, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to use what's in my hand. I'm going to give you what's in my hand to give. I think that's what being a witness is to people in our world. I think it's saying, you know what, this is who I am. And, and you know, for, for the guys in my world, they get to see Tim. Hallelujah. It happens all the time. <laughs> they, they get to see Tim. <laughs> it really did happen twice. And Despite the heavenly music, Tim, <laughs> Tim's got a lot of faults about him. There's, there's stuff that, that's good and there's stuff that's not good. But I hope when people see me, they get to see Tim. Not fake Tim, not Tim trying to make stuff great, but actually Tim that says this, even in my battles, even in my struggles, I'm passionate to see God move. I'm passionate to see God do something in my life. Use me in whatever way you can use me. Speak for me in whichever way you can speak through me. And if people can see that, that's what makes a difference. People aren't looking at you being perfect. They're just looking at you displaying what God has given you in your hands. You may not have what everyone wants. That's okay. You got something. God's given you something. Find the something that God's given you. Maybe it's just a prayer. Find whatever it is that you can give, whatever it is you can bring into your workplace, into those in your world. You might not have silver and gold. But the reason you are where you are is because you've got something that God wants to input through you into people around you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. My third point, so for those of you taking notes, number one, it happened outside of the temple, outside of the gate called Beautiful. Number two, they used what they had in their hand, used what was given to them. My third point in this story is this. It had an impact in the local community. You know, sometimes it's the hardest people to find. It's the hardest people. To, to, I remember sat next to, again, in exactly the same office. I don't know what God was doing in that office, but I was sat in exactly the same office, and I was having a chat with, with this guy who literally sat next to me. He was a, he was a detective sergeant, and he was like the, the biggest atheist you could imagine. And loved the fact I was a Christian. Absolutely loved it. Because every day, I think he must have been thinking all evening what he could say to me and the questions he could give me and the mickey take that he could do around me. Um, I, I was the source of his entertainment by day. And um, the amount of grief I got, and I'm like, oh, here we go. This. And I can remember him saying, I, I turned around to him once and I said, you know what? I said, if there's nothing more, if you're just a product of a cosmic accident, why do you feel the way you feel? He couldn't answer that. He like, it, just, it was one of those moments, I'm like, yeah. I, I, I went home in the car going, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I answered something that made him not come back at me. And he was like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm a cosmic a product of a cosmic accident. And he came to a place where we were sort of, he was retiring, and he invited us all from the office to his retirement due. And, um, and we all went. And, uh, and in the retirement do, he, there was a, all of us in, in the office at this big table. We were having a big Indian together. I'll never forget it. Anyway, he says, Tim, I want you, he's doing his speech, his final speech. I thought, here we go. He said, Tim, I want you to stand up. I'm like, here we go. This is final time. Final moment to purge me. And I stood up, and I'm like, here we go. And, you know, you gear yourself, don't you? I'm like, here we go. Anyway, he looked at me. He said, Tim... He said, I've sat next to you for three years, mate. I said, don't I know it? <laughs> he said, I've sat next to you for three years. And he says, I want you to know something. I've watched you. And I said, here we go. I've watched you, he says. I've watched you when you've gone through good times, and I've watched you when you've gone through bad times. I've watched the way you speak about your wife, because all, all, all of them were hammering their wives, and I was always honoring of my wife. So I love marriage. Marriage is brilliant, right? The society tells you marriage is right. I think marriage is fantastic. I love marriage. It's hard work at times. You've got to persevere at times. But man, it's like, it's the gift of God. It's the best thing ever. And I've got that mentality when I go into the workplace, which, which believe it or not, is alien to a lot of people that have been married. And, um, and he says, I've, I've watched you. I've watched how you honoured your wife. I've watched how you talked about your kids. I've watched you when you've gone through difficult times and, and what you've been about. I said, yeah, okay. And he says, I want you to know something, Tim. He says, um, you probably won't see me again. I'm like, oh, this is positive. <laughs> so I thought I'd better tell you before I go. He says, I've booked on to an alpha course. <laughs> I'm like, where's the catch? i wait. waiting, where's the catch? He says, no, nah. he says, I've booked on to an alpha course because there's something about it. There's something about what I'm seeing in you makes me think there must be more to life than this. I don't know what has happened to him. He was true to his word. I never heard from him again. But my prayer is that actually somewhere along the line, he met with Jesus. Somewhere in his Alpha journey, he, he realized that there was a God who loved him and that he did have a purpose for his life and that he's now living for that purpose again. I could, Probably a church pastor. That would be fantastic. I'll probably see him at a conference one of these days. I'll be like, Amazing. But you know what, let me tell you something what happened around that table. I looked at the faces of the people around that table and honestly, right, their mouths were open. It had nothing to do with a the vindaloo. <laughs> their mouths had just, their jaws had just dropped open. And I'm like, wow, what an impact that must have had. Because they all knew him. They all listened and laughed at the mickey take, we the banter I was getting from them. But suddenly they all stopped and they all listened. And I knew that God had impacted each person around that table. Why? Because He picked out the one. He picked out the toughest one, the hardest one. Who's the toughest one, the hardest one in your life? Who's the one that you think He'll never? She'll never. Who's the one that keeps taking the mic? Don't be surprised if that's the one that God calls you and is already doing over the years to make a difference and to show that person who God really is. Watch what God does with you. Right, I've got to put it to the end now. You know, I don't know where you're at in your life right now. I don't know what your world looks like. It will be different to what my world looks like. I don't know who is in your world. There will be completely different people to who are in my world. But it's the same God. It's the same power. It's the same authority. It's the same heart that saw that guy who had nothing, certainly find himself with value, certainly found himself in a place where he was the catalyst that transformed a community. Wasn't that the guy that we saw begging at the gate? Wasn't that the guy that we thought would never walk and yet here he is walking? Wasn't that the guy that we never thought would ever go to an alpha course? Wasn't that the guy that we never thought God would be able to touch? God would be able to do something with him. But God uses those people and he uses us to touch those people's lives. I want to pray for you today. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for every person here right now, Lord. I want to pray for every world changer sat in the seats right now. Destiny influencers, Father, you know them. And you love them. And right now maybe they may be feeling a little bit like the guy who sat outside the gate called Beautiful. Maybe they're here this afternoon and and they're feeling, you know, it's, God, where are you? Maybe they're looking at their past and full of regrets. Maybe they're looking at their present situation and thinking there must be more to life than this. I want you to know there is. I want you to know that God knows you and he loves you and you're not sat here today, this afternoon in the place where you're sat by accident this was destiny that's got you here it's a plan and a purpose that's made you sit where you're sitting and I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life he loves you so much that he sent Jesus. And Jesus loves you so much that he went to the cross for you to pay the price for your sin. He became the price on the cross. He wasn't just a good guy that that came to earth and happened to find himself being persecuted. He was God that came with a deliberate plan to be the sacrifice that paid the price for your past and for your sin so that you can have a hope and a future in him. So you can be like the guy outside the gate called beautiful. You can know what it is to to come into a new life with him.